0: Welcome rugby fans to another great episode here on the Rugby Rant. We're going to be putting our guests, as per usual, every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. CST to the test in our run, pass, or kick interview. A quick introduction. My name is Ty Braga, your host for today's activities alongside Rob the Hammer Hammer Schmidt, and joining us, the man of the hour, the elusive Nick Boyer. <laughs> welcome to the show.
1: Use my title for you guys. Thanks for
0: having me. Really excited to be here. Excellent. Cool. Well, let me let me take a moment to be able to remind everybody, Nick has been pretty much a staple of the, the Major League Rugby community for quite some time, but your rugby career goes uh, obviously back to, to, to high school in Sacramento. Um, you played with the U-20s, in the USA uh, under-20s. You started with the Glendale Merlins, though, making your way from there to, in fact, what might have been a transition logically to the Raptors, but you took a diversion, went to San Diego, then to the Raptors and now to the LA Giltinis.
1: Yeah, it's been a a circuitous route for sure. I actually, I stopped in the sevens program. So that was my, my jump from the Merlins. Right. With the US teams. That was, that was a great experience. And then hopped on MLR from there. And we're going to touch on more of that. But before yeah. we jump into
0: it too deep, I'm going to hand it over to Rob Hammerschmidt and let you know how the run, pass, or kick interview works.
2: Yeah, thank you, Ty. Well, first of all, before we get too far into it, just so fans know, uh, Nick, you, you're you wearing a, a tank top there, and, and I'm wearing a sweatshirt. Something's going on. I'm I'm in the <laughs> wrong place. What What's going on with this? Yeah,
1: I think you need to change the scenery. So uh, <laughs> we're in the tropics right now. We're in beautiful Maui. So we're looking in the kind of similar. Oh,
0: it's a hard life, right? Yeah, and yeah, got the, uh, uh, Rob and I, who are, are sitting yeah. in the cold, with, with well, hey, he's got his super, um, what is that, a Warriors hoodie?
2: Yeah, I've got my Utah Warriors hoodie. That's what I want to. I like, he's got this nice tank out. He's probably sitting out of his patio having a Mai Tai or something like that. And <laughs> you know, I, I survived uh, snowmageddon last week, and so I've been wearing this hoodie just about every day, uh, <sighs> taking my dog Nola out, you know, uh, putting the hood up and and walking out in my Crocs. And, uh, this thing keeps me warm as, as can be. It's wonderful. And it's supposed to be like 15 degrees, uh, uh, tomorrow morning. So I'll be sporting the hoodie pretty much for the next, uh, three, three months. The rugby shop is taking care of us. They do a Great job. Uh, They're delivering MLR merch. That stuff should be rolling out here pretty soon.
0: Yeah, the Sabercats one that I'm wearing now. And obviously, we're super thankful that those guys are doing their part to be able to support the fan culture for MLR and, you know, of course, helping us do what we do. So we wanted to make sure we took that opportunity. Thanks, Rob, for sharing that.
2: Absolutely. So for all those uh, fans out there that follow us, you know the drill. You know how run, pass, or kick works. But for the uninitiated, let me just explain the rules of this challenge so that Nick knows what he's facing. Basically, we're going to pose questions to Nick. He's going to have a choice. Like any good rugby player, he has got to be able to demonstrate multiple skills so he can run with a question and just let us know if you're going to do that. And that just simply means that you're going to go ahead and take the question straight up and answer You can also pass a question and this type of question, you know, it may be hot to handle. Maybe it's a little hotter than Maui and uh, you might just want to pass that one and let it go. Uh, Or you can have a little fun with us, put us on the back foot, put us on the defense and uh, make us play it by kicking it. Uh, And we'll assume if you don't indicate uh, the individual you're kicking to that that person that asked the question is going to go ahead and answer it, but you can have a little fun and, and indicate who it is you want to have answer the question. So, Nick, are you ready for the run, pass, or kick challenge? I'm ready to go. That sounds like a it's gonna be a fun time. It's going to be fun, and we're going to start off right away with a little bit of fun. Um, although I got to ask, I, I got to tell you, um, as I was doing some internet stalking, which uh, fans and, and my partners know I'm pretty prone to do, I found an interesting video. Um, we're going to roll it here. Oh, you're not. <laughs> uh, I think we are. Uh-oh. Oh, so for those, yeah,
0: somewhere in between there, there's a backflip.
2: <laughs> so, for those, those folks listening on the podcast forum, um, or uh, don't have a video, it, it there's a two story building, um, and it looks to be like uh, our illustrious guest, okay. Nick Boyer, uh, is on the roof <laughs> and he proceeds to do a backflip, uh, off the roof into a swimming pool. Um, I watched this five times and I just about threw up every time, by the way. Right.
0: By the way, also, there's about like, you know, out of 100 percent of the surface of the water, you left it to the last five percent to be able to make it.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was a to stop you right there. That's actually not me. I'm going to keep the the person anonymous. But one of my one of my teammates, a bit more of an adrenaline junkie than me. Yeah, I was just just putting him up there because I thought it was such a harrowing feet it was a it's a good three stories as well it wasn't two stories
2: oh my god okay. So first of all
0: it's yeah. three stories <laughs> 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 i like the correction on that
2: yeah Secondly,
0: okay it's not you we got that okay mm. whoever it is i hope has
2: great insurance whichever team they're at now <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah they're uh so for sure
2: did you guys have to talk him into this or he just decided hey I- i'm i'm rolling spontaneous did up there. Yeah, I just looked
0: up and said, "Oh, there he goes." Jeez. <laughs> okay, no, that, definitely not something I'm inclined to do anytime soon. That's for sure. Well, let's continue forward as now you set the tone for this uh, this interview. Uh, I wanted to be able to uh, deliver the next one. Here we go. So, run, pass, or kick. At six foot three, two hundred and twenty or so, you are an unusually large for a scrum half. Let's say that, right? At least from the perception. Uh, out there of what scrum Hoffs typically would be so mm. does that figure into how you play the game run parcel kick
1: yeah I'll, I'll run with that one that's um you know I, I grew up and i was a late bloomer so i didn't really hit my growth spurt till later on and later high school or early college so i just kind of learned the skills of nine and, and stuck with that um fell in love with the position um but I also got like that, that little man syndrome where I'm, you know, it's just a real big ego. I got to defend myself and I got to go out there and take on the biggest guy. Um, so I think that that upbringing with my, my current frame helps me kind of be a little bit more physical or more combative around the, the, the breakdown area and around the fringe of the ruck. Um, I'm really trying to work on my, my distribution this past few, uh, past few months, I guess. Um I had a lot of time to pass obviously with, Quarantine and COVID, so been working on the passing skills and just kind of trying to add that to my toolbox more so. But typically, yeah, I like I like the the hard yards.
2: So I, I got to ask you on that note, Nick. Um, you know, when you go into a training session or when you uh, do some scouting of your opposition in the upcoming week, do you think about that? Look at your opposite nine. Uh, know that you know you have a size advantage uh, over a particular opposition, and you're going to use that size advantage to your advantage to help your play or or is that not really something that on a regular basis figures into your your gameplay and and how you want to you know um, demonstrate your skills
1: yeah that's a good question um I think you know nines are a cheeky bunch and like I said uh little send them across the board so I think whenever we can we can get in the head of the opposition we mm-hmm. try and do that so if I can grab my get my hands in a, an opposition nine um at the back of a rocker scrum and kind of you know let them know I'm there I'll try and do that, but it goes both ways. You know, they can they can always grab an ankle or something like that or slap your wrist when you're passing the ball. So gotta keep a sharp eye out and just kind of play your game, but pick your moments.
2: Absolutely. Lots of rugby, right?
1: <laughs> no one's immune.
2: So it sounds like there's a dark. They always talk about the dark arts of the front row, but apparently yeah. there's the dark arts of the scrum half that nobody knows about except those nippy little buggers. I think those are the, the magicians because you're doing it there. right in front of the ref. <laughs> <Dude. laughs>
1: yeah, we just we're like ventriloquists, though. We're talking so much, we're distracting with our voice. See,
0: yeah. it's all an
2: illusion. It's ma- it's magic.
1: <laughs> That's the one.
2: So, uh, hmm. looking at your rugby video, uh, Ty mentioned at the beginning you've had quite a uh, significant um, uh, uh, lot of, of experiences to draw from. Um, you spent you know you spent a lot of time obviously playing growing up in, in, in Sacramento area, uh, went on and played in college, did a little stint in England, and then on you know several now three teams in the MLR and certainly uh, U20s, U23s. Uh, people might not know 2012, you were part of the team that won the world Juniors. Uh, which was quite an accomplishment. Um, So uh, my question is this, run, pass, or kick, uh, who is that one coach or teammate or that individual experience that you've had uh, in all this breadth of your career um, that has, stands out for you or has had the greatest impact uh, upon you as a player?
1: That's a tough one, man. I've got, I've had a lot of good coaches, been very fortunate in that regard. Um, obviously Jack Clark and Tom Phillips were foundational in my rugby um, going through Cal. Um, Mike Friday was great for me. He really challenged me as well. And then most recently, Stephen Brett's was, was phenomenal. Really changed my, changed my perception of the game and opened up, you know, kind of lateral thinking around decision-making. Um, but I think the best overall head coach, the best experience for me was Scott Lawrence in that 2012 um, junior world trophy. He was just very professional um, at a really important time for a lot of our development as young players. He was, he was giving us that guidance we needed and um, gave us the confidence to compete at the world stage and and bring home gold. I mean, granted it was tier two nations. So, you know, it wasn't the top dogs, wasn't England and, and South Africa and whatnot, but um, you know, beating Japan in the final, that was one of the most emotional and like thrilling moments of my career. So Uh, Credit to Scott for his work, and I know he's doing a great job building up Rugby ATL, so I'd say Scott Lawrence.
0: Right. On that note, uh, recently I had the opportunity to be able to listen to a great podcast where he was the, uh, the guest, and he spoke about that experience. And what I took away from it, Scott Lawrence is obviously a great rugby mind. Um, but also willing to be able to learn the lessons the hard way, right? So in 2011, they had made their trek across to Europe and Tbilisi and unfortunately was an underperforming uh, campaign for the USA uh, under 20s. And on the trip back, he had said in this interview that he was already planning what he needed to fix for the following year. And that mm-hmm. subsequently was the year you're talking about. So of yeah. course, uh, what a great journey, right? From, from the lows all the way to the highs. And you got to be a part of that there.
1: Yeah, very fortunate to, to get the, the good part of that journey.
0: Right. So I have the opportunity to be able to deliver the next question to you. So with your background, obviously, we've now touched on it at the highest levels with uh, uh, national colors in mind. We're going to bring it back to, to MLR, uh, or should we say MLR adjacent too? So your experience being in Colorado, both with the Merlins, then on later to the Raptors. You have a great insight of the structure of the organization, you know, every the training facilities, everything that they have at their disposal to help make rugby players the best athletes they can be. Recently in the news, we've heard a lot about the Glendale Crossover Program. So here lies my question as I frame it that way, is you spent some time in Glendale, Colorado with Raptors and familiar with the infrastructure and the organization. In addition, you were a high school gridiron player and wrestler. So obviously you're skilled in many forms of uh, sporting forms. How much do these other sports help players transfer their skills uh, to rugby, of course, and, and in the Glendale crossover program, and more to the final point there is what is your thoughts on what they call an experiment run, pass, or kick?
1: I will also run with that one. That's a, that's a great question. Um, In terms of foundational sports crossing over, I think as a kid, you can't play enough. Um, Science is starting to back that up too. If you specialize too early, you just get injured and burnt out. So I think as, as a kid, just go out and have fun. Play everything you can get your hands on. Um, wrestling, especially for me, was really foundational in my, in my contact skills. I and mean, then soccer and basketball in terms of the flow of the game were foundational for me. But um, yeah, any sport will help out with no sport as long as you're playing it young enough. In terms of what Glendale's doing, um, I mean, kudos to them for going out in their own direction. That's That's pretty bold. Um it's unfortunate that some of the boys from the past few years you know they were they were kind of they were giving their heart and soul to the team and maybe they feel they weren't looked after um as well as they should have been and maybe you know they have a point there but um yeah I hope I hope they succeed I don't think the way forward with, with rugby in America is to find 21 22 year old football athletes who have reached the pinnacle of their football career and then try and shift them over cuz I mean, you and I both know the game's not – it's not just about how much you power clean and how fast you run a 40, right? It's so much right. up top, and then it's repeated efforts, and then it's a, it's a whole flow, a whole different skill set. Um, and people see the tackle aspect of football and rugby and go one-to-one. It's really a whole different world. Um, just like if I would try and walk on to the 49ers now, they'd laugh at me and say, you know, you don't know what you're doing. So it's an uphill battle for sure. I hope we get some gems out of it. Um, one of my best friends, Sam Wuching, for instance, he's obviously had a massive impact with the USA. Um, set up and with M L R, but he came from a rugby background, so I think he had the foundational skills and the right. understanding. Plus, being someone, you just kind of have that in your blood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's in your DNA. <laughs> yeah, a warrior. So, um, yeah. Again, I hope I wish the best to him, but I think that if you want to build rugby players, you invest in rugby players.
2: Fair point. Absolutely. And and I I like one of the themes you touched upon, and that's uh, the idea that as a young athlete growing up, not to specialize too early. I think by far and awake, uh, a lot of our athletes are young athletes and I'm a high school teacher. I'm a wrestling coach myself, is that they get that kind of the enamored. Hammer. What's that? The hammer. Yeah, wrestling. Yeah. Oh yeah. My favorite thing. I, I tell the, the, the boys in the mat is uh, uh, create discomfort. You know uh, <laughs> that's, that's one of my, one of my fond sayings anyway. So um, I mean, for me, uh, I think they can't hear that enough that they should do multiple sports, shouldn't specialize too early really try to, you know, maximize their athleticism. Uh, and it's important for them to hear it from guys like you who have been there, done that and continue to do it uh, at a, at a very high level. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about that high level next uh, being a California guy. I noticed it looks like you have the, the kind of warrior thing working on, right? The, the, the samurai, the samurai man bond like with the long back. <laughs> I yeah. like it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's uh looking good and I think it fits with that, you know, LA mold right there. Um being a California guy and having played for the Legion, how important was it for you to find your way back uh to California specifically to the Giltinis in 2021 run passer kick.
1: I will run with that one and just want to touch real quickly on the last point about multiple sports. Yeah. Add up on that. One of the coaches I I also a great coach who I played for recently in Bermuda Tens was Russell Lernshaw. He's kind of a coach of coaches, so he's mm-hmm. not very hands-off but he has high level strategy and his whole philosophy revolves around just just have make it fun make it a game let players figure things out you guys know the nature of rugby and all sports really is it's the athlete who drives the decision making process so if you're if you're a young athlete coming up and you're and you're kind of getting pressured from coaches to you know fit a certain mold or do a certain thing I'm not saying rebel against your coaches but make sure you're going out there and you're you, you feel that life and that passion from the game like you don't go out there and like Begrudge stepping on the field and be, be scared, like let all that baggage go. I know it seems kind of cliche, but trust me, play way better when you're having fun. If you mess up, it's not going to matter in five years. Just like go out there, experience life on the sports field and then bring that forward in your in your future experiences. So um, that was a really important lesson for me from Russell and just wanted to share that real quick. Thank you. Um, yeah, of course. And then um, in regards to stepping back to California, that was a huge motivation for me signing with L.A., Obviously, uh, Adam Gilchrist has a great reputation. He turned around Austin pretty quickly and looked after those boys there, but for me also getting back in my home state and hopefully playing in front of, you know, home fans this season. We'll see how it goes with COVID. Um, I got a lot of family in the Southern California region and Sacramento where I'm from. So I'm looking forward to getting back in front of people I know and love and, um, also picked up surfing hence the hair. So (laughs) I was a legion, but I, got back heavily into it over COVID. So I'm looking forward to being close to water. Really like being out there. So very excited for this setup.
2: Absolutely. And and I heard uh, Tom Cruise is looking for extras in his next uh, Samurai movie. So So let me just also add,
0: uh, about a week or two ago, we had John Ryberg on the show and he was... Eager to be able to get his uh his mankinis out again out on the beach, so uh, so you guys can pair up for a dip for a beach day out there together because yeah, uh, you, you, right? and you
1: and your surfboard, he's <laughs> sending me videos. He's prancing around his room and his little budgie smugglers, <laughs> right, <laughs> right?
0: I mean, <laughs> right <on. laughs> yeah, so Wait, we, we this, gotta give get you guys some energy, and say
2: rugby rant right on the front, right.
0: That'd be great. It has to be a promo video. We got to organize Nick and, and John to be able to make a promo video here for LA. Something's yeah. going to happen. I know they're watching, make it happen guys. <laughs>
2: uh, I want to delve a little bit more into L- uh, LA a little bit. Um, so uh, diehard fans around the league have organically developed the hardcore groups. We know that uh, Benji down there got the gold diggers going on down there and uh, in New Orleans, I got my gold digger's helmet right up here, um, and I know that the Legion, of course, you're familiar with the cohort. And uh, in New York, they've got the Rooster Boosters. Uh, one of the fans um, posted on on our fan group um, the attire that they're considering going to the matches uh, in LA with, and and this is a picture of them right here.
1: The silk. <laughs> what is going on there?
2: Yeah, I can't I can't tell that silk or if that's you know some kind of. Uh, um, Fur, I don't know, it's something bad. like that. At <laughs> any rate, um, run past your keck, having a little fun with this one. Uh, what would the name for this group be?
1: I'm gonna kick that one to Ty.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the, the no, you're breaking up, I can't hear you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know, I don't know what you would call them, but you know, it's so, it's got to be. I mean, I just love the style, I love the the theme, I love the playfulness of it. I can just imagine people rocking up in their bathroom robes with a with with a, with a glass of of something in their hand. You know, the Giltinis vibe is interesting. Oh, right. It's yet to be defined what the drink is, but I can tell you it, the fun factor on that is off the chart. I don't know what they'll call themselves, but I think that they should embrace it, and I think that's
2: fun. How about the Gil Suarez? Oh, that's good.
1: Gil Suarez. Gil Suarez.
2: Gil Suarez, you got the whole Giltini thing going. You got the Suave, you know, uh kind of uh, chic. Gil Bonds?
0: <laughs> I don't know. It gives me like a James Bond feeling when you think like the martini. I don't know. We're getting off track. Maybe like a mar- <laughs> like that, yeah. The, the monocle, yeah. Oh, we need a monocle too. All right, How ridiculous can we make this character Let's start adding things?
1: <laughs> yeah, interesting.
0: He needs a cane. He needs a cane. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> or not from nineteen twenties,
2: or a couple of Playboy bunnies on either side. Oh, digress,
1: gentlemen.
2: <laughs> that would make a great billboard. Nick Boyer and a couple of Playboy bunnies, and he's in a smoking jacket. Wait, 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 wait. hold <laughs> on, guys! <laughs> it's forming, it's forming. You're on the beach. Wait, you're on the beach.
0: Hear me out. Hear me out. You're on the beach. You got the 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 robe thing going on, and the budget yeah. smugglers. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Like, hear me out, boys. Don't knock it down. Don't knock it till you try it, Nick. Don't knock it till you try it. Primo Primo, is right there.
2: Yeah, right.
0: They're listening. We know they're listening. Adam? <laughs> <laughs> so, here we go, boys. We move on to number seven. So, run, parcel kick, Nick. You know the rules by now. So, uh, while fans are com- chomping at the bit to see some major league rugby being played, of course, it's been a long time, right? So, the announcement of the uh, the league schedule just came out. So everybody's super excited. More to the point, uh, many are thirsty uh, for more info or info about life outside of rugby from the players. You know, yes, we know their prestige on the field, but you know, there's a second life outside of rugby. And this includes things like work, living quarters, family and friends. What will Nick Boyer's life look like off the pitch uh, in, during the season and out in LA? Run, pass, or kick
1: uh I was tempting to kick that one but I'll I'll run with that. <laughs> right you can't
0: case. kick it me it has to be Rob next time that's the
1: rule. <laughs> <laughs> oh so ground rules here. All right. Um yeah for, so obviously 11 month off season pretty pretty long pretty arduous being away from rugby that long. Um I was fortunate enough to have a great organization in Rhinos Rugby um which allowed me to stay on as I was working with them since the last off season and I stayed on. Through their transition to the online academy, um, so that helped me support myself, which is great. I had some money saved up as well, and then uh, credit to Glendale as well. They they got us all a lot of the players jobs um, working with the city, doing some some uh, landscape work and like uh, working with the city city maintenance department. So just some hard physical labor um, for the first few months after the season to keep me kind of on a good schedule. But I, I ended up going back to school. Um, I went to UCSD Extension to get a basically a post-baccalaureate in something called cognitive science, very interested in the brain. So looking to get involved in uh, maybe some, some neuroscience research and then also machine learning uh, applications to industry. So that's what I've been doing on the side in terms of what I'll be doing around my free time and off season and the, during the season, um, working in a lab right now uh, analyzing rat behavior as I interact with a rat robot. So that's pretty cool. Um, so I'll be doing a bit of computer work and, and, and neuroscience research. Um, but then, yeah, just hanging out with the with the boys, hopefully surfing a bunch because we'll be in California, fingers crossed or Maui we'll see um and then yeah, just just cafes, playing music with the guys, hanging out, talking, just relaxing, making sure the body's right for the next session um so a lot of a lot of work happens outside of the training session you know you have four or five six hours together with the team, then the rest of the day is yours, but nutrition um. Recovery, stretching, all that's really important. So, it'll be a full block, and then hopefully after season, we'll look to transition to maybe a more full-time remote job with the skills I've worked on this past year um, at university.
2: So, Fantastic. so Nick has completely blown out of the water that perception about rugby players just being these ogre-like dudes who run around the pitch. This guy is cerebral as they come. Of course, I guess that makes sense because he's a number nine. You know, he's got the neuroscience thing going on. He's yeah. working with Computers and rats and all kinds of crazy stuff. It's pretty much unfair. You know, he's <laughs> a skilled
0: athlete. Uh, you know, he's a good looking guy. Um, although, uh, Karen, one of our, uh, I'll, great listeners and viewers pointed out that he would probably make a great manscaping advert too. (laughs) So if you don't know, Nick, I'm going to give you some context. We are also sponsored by manscaped. It gives me an opportunity to be able to do a quick plug here. Shameless plug. Here we go. Um, So it's pretty simple. Manscaped, go check them out manscaped.com. Use the promo code rugby rant, and you're going to get
2: 20% off plus free shipping.
0: Nick, go check it out.
2: <laughs> for those for those fans who aren't as handsome as Nick and can manscape and have all the ladies appreciate him when they're on the beach in their robe and budgie smugglers. For those old guys like me, they've got the uh yeah. they've got the the weed whacker. Uh it takes care of all the hair that you don't want in places. Uh and you can use a hat to hide the hair that you don't uh have anymore. And so the weed whacker is a great trimmer for the nose and the ears. Uh, check one of those out, um, and and it'll you won't you won't be sorry. Trust me when I tell you, Our, us, as us old guys can attest.
0: <laughs> Look so. at that context, boys! I like that.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's for girls too, apparently. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So we're going to move on to the quick tap segment, and um, this this segment is a lot of fun because we just throw a uh, this or that. We give you a choice. You pick one. You can elaborate if you want. You can just keep it to yourself. It's completely up to you. Uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna sh- throw about five of these at you here, Nick. So real quick, first one: more relaxing, and I think we already have the answer: surfing or fishing. Surfing. Yeah, I saw pictures of both. You were, I think, with your dad. You caught some big buggers, man. But um, looked like surfing's a big part of your life. All right, next one: more chill, because you seem like a chill dude. Uh, L.A. or Denver? Denver. Whoa.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think L.A. is a little bit too uh, too caught in the rat race.
2: Gotcha. Denver, well, good thing. You're going to L.A. then, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're it'll, it'll bring the chill level down just a little bit more. Um, all right. Here we go. I thought long and hard about this one. You're you're going to L.A. You're a list crush. Right. And you got Ooh. kind of some polar opposites here. Emma Watson. Or Miley Cyrus,
1: definitely Emma. Big Harry Potter fan.
2: Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's hey, this yeah, one was yeah. tough because for a fifty-year-old old guy like me, the like <laughs> what you know that kind of uh, what I'm looking for, what I would look for if I was a single dude, uh, that's Psycho. much different than what a twenty-seven-year-old guy like yourself would be looking for.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I've that's that reason my life. Trust me, Miley, like I'm still here for you if you want to, you know, grab a coffee, <laughs> too. go for a. Safe, there you go. But, Yeah, Emma.
2: So he wouldn't that's turn good. Miley down. That's good to know. you will still be that shoulder to cry. It's like, <laughs> yeah. good of you. It's good, good of you. All right. Here we go. Uh, rival opposition, Holden Youngert or Phil Mack?
1: No, oh, Holden for sure. <laughs> Holden? I've known Holden since uh, high school. We played together on like a NorCal. Oh, Oscars. that's an interesting one there. He was 9, I was 10. It was, it was a
0: great situation. but It's got history. That's history. why it's going to be a great matchup there. Absolutely. I got it.
2: Yeah, and I, and I gotta ask you because I figured you guys were both both in California. Uh, you played at Cal. He played at uh, St. Mary's. Mm-hmm. Maybe some overlap there. Um, th- did you guys ever play head to head in your in college?
1: Yeah, quite a few times. Quite a few times. He's uh he's a tough player, man. He's one of the talk about nines. Talk about nines finding cheeky ways to get in your head. He's one of the guys <laughs> who specializes just a grafter, but. Yeah, a lot of love for holding off the field,
2: on the field, not so much.
0: Yeah. <laughs> knows how to press your buttons yeah. then, yeah?
2: Yeah, absolutely. All right, last one on the quick tap. Better drink, draft beer or a martini shaken, not stirred? Guiltini. A guiltini? Actually, <laughs> actually obligated to say so. <laughs> I was going to say, you're saying that because you don't want to get in trouble. <laughs>
0: On that note, you've just set me up absolutely perfectly with a slam dunk question because we're going to be sticking with the Giltini's theme here. So let's paint the picture here, boys. We now got the robe. We got the monocle, right? You added the monocle. <laughs> we got, we got this, this, this perception of what the fan would look like, and he's holding a Giltini in his hand. Run parcel, kick here for us uh, again, Nick. Speaking of the martinis, uh, what do you suppose is in? A guiltini. I'm
1: going to kick that to Rob.
2: Oh, well, martinis are, are obviously you have uh, sweet vermouth and you have gin, right? And then uh, there's lots of iterations of that. Um, from what we understand, there's a, a type that has a little bit of a, a maple flavoring uh, and a little sprig of mint um, but w- we're not a hundred percent sure on that. I personally, there's a few, uh, uh, there's a particular brand and I've forgotten what it is. That's a unique Australian branded gin, right? That's only mm-hmm. in our, that's very popular in Australia. Um, mm-hmm. and I, and I forgot to write down what the name it is. Anyway, uh, that's what I would, that's the type of gin I would put in the Giltini because of course, Adam Gilchrist being from Oz, you got to go with the theme there. If you're going to make a martini, uh, a, a version, uh, a Giltini, uh, you got to go something uh, from uh, uh, that knocks at his uh, at his doorstep being from the OZ. Yeah,
1: it's good. That's a probably nine out of ten there. Well done. I didn't
0: even know. It's that. like I didn't have an answer, so thank you, Rob, for saving me. <laughs> I did watch Casino Royale, um, and they yeah. said something about, like. Let Casino. me tell you. Let me tell you, Rob delivered that perfectly, but we actually did research on cocktails today for the show. So I hope everybody appreciates that. That was like a 30-minute meeting, people.
2: Yes, it was.
0: <laughs> what, have, they, have they come out with it yet? I don't know. It looks like it's on the <laughs> yeah. internet, but we're not sure. are like doing research, but yeah. there was some reference to what it was in articles, yeah. or at least what the speculation is what it would be. But, you know, I guess it's, you know, like Coca-Cola. No one knows the recipe, right? <laughs> well, so good. That, that'll uh, that pay
1: dividends when you guys are amongst the legions of Gil Suárez. You know that cocktail knowledge is going to come. Gil Suárez, right? like Gil that. Suarez. By the way,
0: on that note, I'm sorry. I see a recommendation from the big guy here, Gil Yeah, Tiniacs. Yeah, a bit crazy. are uh, so. like, I don't know. It's don't know. out there in the world, Gil from right? Scott, Big Guy Ferrara, Giltini-X. gains traction. You know, the bank. that's a a good
1: good one more than us. I feel like, you know, they're, they're a bit rough and rowdy down
2: there. We're, we're more refined crowd. Hopefully, (laughs) Good
0: Good way to describe it. Not pretentious,
2: not pretentious, refined. Yeah. All right. Uh, We're going to get a little bit more serious here um, with the recent news and I'm going through puberty, everybody. So I apologize. It's like my eighth time this week I get to teaching and talking in front of kids and uh, puberty strikes me. It's like, you know, it's like Peter Brady. Um, Sorry. You would not know what I'm talking about, Nick, because you're like, you know, younger than 30, which is devastating to me. But anyway, um, given run pass,er kick, given the news out of Dallas that they've, you know, are going to put their season on the back burner till next year. Obviously, there's a, been a, a, a draft uh, subsequently to distribute to players. Um, run pass,er kick. How good do you feel that you landed in L.A. and not in Dallas? Uh, I'll
1: run with that one. That's. Um... Again, you know, wanting to be back in California and be close to family. But since the get-go, L.A. has been phenomenal. Um, head coach Jaron Coleman has been just on top of on top of his game. Uh, Adam Fryer, also as a GM, has been really pulling a lot of strings and hitting the ground running. So it's been very professional. am extremely happy I'm here. Even if Dallas hadn't folded, I still would have head-and-shoulders head and chosen L.A. over that franchise. No disrespect to Dallas. I'm sure they have a great um, front and back office there. But I just – I really like the vibe we have here and, and the whole – ambiance.
2: Right, and there's a there's a real strong Warwick vibe uh with the boys. Is is that now that you guys are in camp is that something that's kind of resonating that there's there's already some synergy happening where guys are kind of coming together and feeling comfortable and loose around one another because there's a bit of familiarity?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's been good so far. I mean, like I said we're kind of stuck indoors right now, so it's tough to to really fully experience the team bonding aspect, but and the guys who, who have been here so far and the ones I've interacted with, it's been all it's been all good. Um, one of our coaches has a saying: "No egos, just amigos," and it definitely rings true yeah. for the group. So, um, shot horde good saying there. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, looking forward to meeting everyone
0: else. Yeah, absolutely. well, you're you're in good company, anyways, in terms of 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 people you've already played the game with, right? I mean, from the Raptors camp, you've got uh, what Luke, you've got Blake, you've got. Mika, you've got, who am I forgetting? Anyways, a whole
1: host of guys there. So. My, my word, yeah, think you, Mr. Muscles, my team my yeah. partner. Ah. My main <laughs> kid, advertisement.
0: Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So I have uh, got the next question lined up for you over here. And, again, we stay on the topic that's a little bit more of the uh, the, the, the the more, um, I don't know what the tone would be, but serious tone, let's call it that then. Um So more about the climate that we're in now and how it's relevant to rugby in the United States. Here lies the question uh, again for you. So several days ago, San Diego announced that they would be playing all their home matches in Las Vegas. Obviously, each state is in a certainly in a different condition when it comes to the COVID climate. Subsequently, they're in the position that they could move their home games to Las Vegas. And on that premise, given California's response to COVID, Will L.A. follow suit by playing in a neighboring state, run, pass, or kick?
1: I'll run with that one as well. Um, not much to say there because we just don't know. It's been such a topsy-turvy time, uh, a lot of uncertainty. Definitely feel for for San Diego. You know, it's an awesome state to play rugby in, and their fans are unreal. So I, I hope they get to, to have their season there. I hope things change in reverse course a bit. I think we're in a bit of a different boat because we're going to be in Maui for this first for this first, uh X, X amount of time. I'm not even sure how long we're here for. Um, but hopefully once we get back to the mainland, things will have relaxed. I mean, cold weather is kind of easing up vaccines rolling out. Um, I think Biden's plan is going to be taking effect soon. I'm not sure how strict it's going to be with federal laws, but I think maybe hopefully I'm being very optimistic here. Hopefully LA will open up again. I think it's time. It's been a full year. I think people, small businesses need to open up. Um, And hopefully we've got no place public health wise where that can happen. Um, And that'll also be good for rugby. So fingers crossed for that.
0: Right. Fingers crossed. Certainly. Can you go ahead and this is just a little bit of an add on. I mean, to put it into context and help people recognize some of the measures that are already being taken by the Guiltini's organization to mitigate the risk of COVID exposure to the players that, you know, you've you've used the word Maui a few times. I'm not sure that people realize that now your quarantine is all the way in Hawaii, right? So, can you share some of the measures that are in place right now to be able to help you guys successfully uh, and come together and train?
1: Honestly, I'm not well informed enough. That's above my pay grade. Um, right. Like I said, I'm just I'm sitting indoors for I've had, had a test
0: man, I just landed. It's day one. I'm just,
1: you know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm blonde, dude. I don't know that much. <laughs> I'm just kind of wandering around doing what I'm told, but yeah, we, we've had the, the, the Maui protocols to get in to Hawaii, right. which is a stringent, obviously we're quarantining for seven days per MLR rules. Yeah, And then even that, I'm not sure. I, I know the foreign guys are quarantining for their two weeks as well back home before they come over. So,
0: And Take maybe these- that's just indicative of the times is that we just have to think, okay, what is the next step? You know, we think too far ahead and, Things are changing and evolving almost on a daily basis as it is right now. So, you know, let just, just focus on what's next. And, you know, step by step, we'll get to where we need to be for rugby in the U.S. and Canada. Um, well, unfortunately, we'll all be in the U.S. now because that's a different story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, the info there, I'm curious about that. What well, you- t- today it was announced that Toronto will be playing um, from rugby ATL home base. Uh, for the season so there's no rugby in Canada for MLR it's just Canada well I shouldn't say Canada as a whole but (laughs) but yeah it's an innovative move to be able to continue playing in the MLR for Toronto Arrows so they're sharing a home base that's why I just corrected myself by saying well technically I suppose MLR is not being played in Canada unfortunately
1: honestly that's it sucks for the Canadian fans my best friend lives in Toronto so I feel for him because they're in a very strict lockdown but kudos to Toronto for making that move. Sounds like Scott is doing a good job organizing that. So
0: Right. And, you know, it's those partnerships that will help this season continue forward with as little risk and impact as possible. Hmm.
2: Yeah. And it makes a lot of sense. I mean, um, that, that they go to Al- Atlanta, obviously they're going to play majority of their games, or at least they play every team twice. So it gives them a little bit of a, a better base uh, to travel up into the East coast. And you just have that NOLA match down there. So it's a little bit, uh, of a more uh, central location for them to be at than perhaps anywhere else in the United States. Right. Um, I think there's one last, sorry, two questions. One of them is going to be from uh, the crowd. Uh, Here we go. Karen uh, Gasparino, she's a Toronto fan herself, uh, arrows up. Uh, Can he share anything about how the new schedule says the LA LA team and not Giltini's?
1: I cannot again. <laughs> love
2: my big read. So, not that he can't
0: uh, say or won't say. Just <laughs> you, you know, that answer is not one that you you possess that you can share. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. Yeah. Not not sure. So,
2: got it. Cool. Uh, no worries, mate. No worries. The mystery um, continues. It does. <laughs> w- maybe we'll get a little this next one. Maybe we'll get that mystery to open up just a little bit. So last one, run, pass, or kick. You're in camp now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're you're quarantining there. Um, can you give us a sneak peek of any Giltini training kit? Hey. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, rugby. There we, got Here we
0: yeah. go. There we go.
1: Got the wife beater on, um, doing the big guys some homage to the New York style, you know, like Italian pasta sauce stain on there.
2: So <laughs> <laughs> nice. that means it's authentic. That's gonna be a collector's item now, right? <laughs> the big guy's behind the scenes crying in, in happiness right now because you said that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm walking here.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: uh, excellent. You know, uh Nick,
0: I, I want to be able to take an opportunity here. Uh, On that note, it has been an absolute blast to be able to spend some time chatting rugby with you. Uh, We know that whatever you you do this season is going to be great. We know that you're going to find L.A. to be a wonderful home for you to continue your rugby career, which has already blossomed so well. And We hope to be able to continue that growth uh, trajectory upward, and we will be following your career, as will many of the new Giltini fans. What they will be named, we don't know whether it's Gil Suarez or it's the Gil... Teeny acts. Mm-hmm. We're not sure. Maybe we need to be able to uh, hear the comments down below. Let us know which one you think is best. But uh we're going to hand the floor back to to the uh, man of the hour here, Nick Boyer, because what we like to be able to do come close to the end of each episode is to take a few moments out of the context of the conversation for rugby and give you the floor to send a shout out to anybody important in your life, friends, family, or to the fans out there. What message do you have to share?
1: Yeah. Uh- Thank you for that platform. Uh first and foremost, mom and dad. Always number one fans. So really wanna say I love you guys. Thanks for your support. Uh, grandma as well. She's still kicking, going strong through COVID. Kicking my butt in some Scrabble games on my phone, keeping me sane. <laughs> so that's good. That's a that um, cognitive science thing. Yeah, you're working on the skills. connection. Um and then big time. She's she's working through um, she's working towards a dream of being a horse trainer, professional horse trainer. And COVID obviously throws curveballs at her. So she's done a great job working around that. And uh, probably biggest shout out to my friend front line. Uh, he's a resident right now in Sacramento. He's, he's seeing these COVID cases firsthand. He's dealing with the emotional fallout and the very real physical consequences of it. So, Tristan, we love you, and thanks for doing a great job.
0: Fantastic messages there. But I just – I'm sorry not to be able to distract from how important <laughs> your message was. But if you didn't notice the burst of laughter coming out from Rob. Rob,
2: you want to explain <laughs> what happened there? <laughs> wow. Well, the big guy posted apparently a, a message from Scott, the mother again. <laughs> of one of your teammates. Uh, I believe this is John Ryberg's mother. Uh, thank you, uh, Susan, for watching uh, last week and this week. Is exciting to have you as a fan uh, come back. But apparently you need to tell your teammate John to call his mother. And I'm particularly sensitive to this because my son is in college and I have another one going next year. And that was my parting shot to them. Look – go away, do college, have fun, be you, call your mother every Sunday. If you don't, your problem is going to become my problem. And so I try to remind my kids of this every time they go back to college. uh, Fair enough, wise words. Yeah, share share those words with with John Ryberg while you're at it. Yeah, <laughs> and on that note,
0: once again, it has been a tremendous pleasure to be able to spend this time with you as the rugby ran fans, but more importantly, as the rugby fans out there. Without your help, this game wouldn't exist in the way that it does here in the U.S. and Canada. It has already had such a wonderful journey, and we do hope that you'll continue it, that journey this season with, of course, the Giltinis, Nick Boyer, and the Rugby Ran because we. Aim to grow rugby one fan at a time. We do that with your help. So before we part ways, I wanted to be able to remind you that this episode in part has been brought to our friends, brought with the help of our friends at therugbyshop.com. So make sure you check out all of there stuff coming out they are just about to launch the new MLR.com for all your fan needs when it comes to major league rugby so for myself ty braga the host of today's activities on behalf of rob the hammer hammer schmidt and scott the big guy ferrara and most importantly the guy right over there nick boyer we say thank you for watching the rugby rant podcast show and we'll see you at the next one for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile